0: This is the High School Football America podcast for February the 23rd, 2022. I'm Jeff Fisher. Just a reminder, time is running out to get in your nominations, coaches, for the second annual High School Football America Academic All-America Team powered by Scout Smart. The 28th of February, the end of the month is the deadline. Make sure you go to highschoolfootballamerica.com to get all the details real quickly. 3.6 GPA is what you need. That's the minimum on a 4.0 scale, and you can email us at aaa at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Com. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than huddle sideline, and GameStrat has awesome customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And there's a special going on, and that only has five days remaining. Great discounts from GameStrat. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Heading back to uh, somewhere near my old stomping grounds, Pennsylvania is all of my stomping grounds, I guess, if I think about it. I love the state of Pennsylvania when it comes to high school football. We've had great players from there, great programs. And one of the programs that uh, we've highlighted on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com has been the uh, Southern Columbia Tigers. uh, Three straight, back-to-back-to-back, small schools national championships. They won another state championship last year, fifth in a row, but they couldn't get four national titles in a row because they actually lost. <laughs> they had a 65-game winning streak uh, snapped with a loss, and uh, they are just a great program up there. We've had Coach Roth on here before, and there is a book now that's out about uh, Southern Columbia football. It's called The Roaring Tigers, The History of Southern Columbia Football, written by Merrill Schaefer, and he's on the line right now to join us to talk about this great book that uh, a lot of people know all the wins, uh, Merrill, but not a, many people know that uh, they didn't necessarily start out as the behemoth football program that they are right now. Thanks for taking some time with me today.
1: Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: And, and you know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, I get the question all the time, you know, Southern Columbia, where is it? And I generally have to, you know, especially when it's Pennsylvania, and I know the areas real well, I've got to put on my ambassador hat. But uh, I know you don't live there. You're, you're about an hour away in Hershey, Pennsylvania. But uh, draw a little bit of a picture for the people about where exactly Catawissa, Pennsylvania is.
1: Um, well, I think a lot of people associate that area, the elysburg Catawissa area, um, with, if people are familiar with Knoebels Grove Amusement Park, that's pretty, I think some people nationally, that's pretty well known. But it is um, cent- central Pennsylvania, kind of the northern part of, of, of central Pennsylvania. Um, I would say Bloomsburg is probably the closest town, you know, mm-hmm. larger town. Um, so it's it's in that general area, um, Columbia County. Uh, you know, so it's it's in in a certainly a rural part of the state. Um, I think a lot of people associate it initially with the coal region of Pennsylvania. Right, but to be truthful, it's more of a, a farm region than anything there. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely a rural town. I think Julian Fleming, who you know, the great receiver that played there. Um, who's now at Ohio State, he once referred to it as a little school between two cornfields. And to be truthful, <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Uh, you know, it literally is that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really small school. Um, in fact, it's funny, you know, the reason that I started this book in the first place was um, we would, we, we camp every year. They have a they make what's called a Cover bridge festival up in that area every year in the fall in October we would go up there and we'd see all these cars pulling into this tiny little school on Friday nights up there mm-hmm. and at one point I just um, you know I'm like what who who is this school you know it, it, it's hard it, we could hear them cheering from you know a mile away or two miles away and uh, we. I I literally at one point sat around a campfire and Googled Southern Columbia, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, this can't possibly be the same school." (laughs) I think at (laughs) that point they won eight championships. I'm like, "This tiny little school, we got this powerhouse, you know, this gem of a program right in our own backyard, and um, it's amazing." I I I think they're more nationally known to some degree than maybe they are in their own home state because outside of their area up there. Um, unless you've played them in like postseason play, you know, in other parts of the state, it's amazing to me that you know they're not as well known even in Pennsylvania, um, and especially in this the central Pennsylvania area. Again, I live right outside of Hershey, and they've played twenty state championship games, and most of those have been played at Hershey Park Stadium. And when you mentioned them around this area, it's amazing to me how many people did not know who they were. And that was one of the reasons I, I felt compelled to write this book. Again, I have no affiliation with the school, but I'm a fan from afar. And I really, you know, the more I dug into this story, the more I really found this program fascinating. Um, and, and you know, some of the stories even off of the field are just amazing and I just felt like that story needed to be told, and it was truly my honor to do so.
0: Yeah, you've done a great job of uh, cataloging this from the early 60s through uh, uh, what we, we've we become to know here at High School Football America is one of the predominant uh, small programs in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has six classifications. They're in 2A, so the the next is smallest, and they won a lot of their titles at 1A. The the book is available on, on uh, Amazon and Sunbury Press. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm talking with... Uh, Merrill Schaefer today has written the book of Roaring Tigers. One of the things that I did not know, and I, I'll tell you what, Merle, I, I have the same issue when it comes to describing where the school is because it is about as rural as rural can be. What surprised me, and you said this early on, it might have been in the first chapter, is it's 108 square miles. That's pretty. That's a lot of area when you think about it, but but again, not a lot of population. So uh, that's that was one fact that I got. Um, let's let's dive into um, actually the program itself, starting in the early '60s, and I know this from Coach Roth, but I'd love to have you talk about it. It, it it did not begin as a football power by any stretch of the imagination. There was another sport that the the, the community kind of embraced. So give us a little history of what it was like back in the, the 60s uh, as a Tiger uh, putting on a football helmet.
1: Well, it was certainly, um, the, the the school started, Southern Columbia basically started, there was a merger of three, three school districts that merged to form the Southern Columbia area school district. And, The first year was 1962. Um, Their first junior varsity team was in 1962, but at that point in time, the predominant sport in the area was soccer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, literally when they started the program the first year of the school, um, a gentleman by the name of um, Patrick Mondock became the first coach. And he literally was going around house to house to try to recruit players um, <laughs> to to sign up to play football. And um, it was, you know, it's funny. They they actually, for a, for a fledgling program like that, their first varsity season was in 1963. And they did fairly well. Their first year, I think they were 4-4-1. Four, four so, you know, for a, a school that had never had football, yep. you know, that's a pretty respectable start. And they actually won won the susquehanna valley conference championship in their fourth season um in 1966 but boy did they take their some lumps after that but you know over the next decade especially into the 70s um they really struggled um you know i i spoke with some of the the former players and coaches and they said you know we never had a hard time getting games everybody wanted to schedule us to play homecoming because you know that was <laughs> going to be a sure win you know um so they never had any pro- problem getting games but you know with that said those players you know they they played with grit you know certainly determination and just because they weren't necessarily necessarily successful they um they really did form the foundation for you know the certainly the dynasties that were to come but you know they they went they had a 26 game losing streak at one point that started in 1978 and extended into actually into the 1981 season, and at one point in 1979, the administration um, had seriously considered dropping the football program all altogether just to focus more on soccer. And at that point, their record was actually 58, 108, and five <laughs> um, from 63 to to 79. And at that point, they they only had nine kids signed up to play football in 1979. So they had an assistant coach who'd only been there one year um, named Andy Ulickney, um, who, who went on to head, be the head coach there right before Jim Roth took over. Um, he approached the school board and essentially said, look, I still think high school football has a place. I think it has a purpose. You know, I, even though he had no head coaching experience, he said, I will take over the program and try to keep it viable and afloat if 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 you de- if you decide to keep football at Southern Columbia, so he was tasked at that point, not just to take over the program, but essentially they were starting over. I mean, they they yeah. they didn't have enough, not even not even enough players to field one side of the ball. So again, he was he he told me during an interview for the book that he literally was on the phone talking to to ninth and tenth graders saying, hey, how would you like to go out for football? By the way, how big are you? <laughs> so he knew, the, 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 you know, he knew the, uh, the future of the program certainly relied on the underclassmen there. But, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit for uh, turning that program around and, and, and keeping it there. Um,
0: yeah, he saved it. There's no he, doubt about that.
1: Yes, he did. I mean, within four years, they had won the Eastern Conference and completely turned things around. You know, when they finally broke that losing streak in 1981, um, they for whatever reason they had played that game on a Thursday night and the school was <laughs> they were I mean they celebrated they gave the students next off on Friday <laughs> just to celebrate. That that was a monumental win in the program's history, that's for sure.
0: I love it. And, and you know, just folks from around the country, to put that in perspective, the, the man that took over that was charged with saving it, indeed did save it 12 state championships later, some national championships along the way. And, oh, by the way, he's, he's won enough games to be the uh, winningest high school football coach in the state of Pennsylvania. And I, I haven't done the new list yet, but he's somewhere near the top five uh, in, in the country in that uh, Meryl uh, Schaefer is on the line. The book is called Roaring Tigers, the History of Southern Columbia Football. Uh, an outsider, so to speak, a, an hour away who's fallen in love with the what the Tigers are, are all about. And... Um, You know, Meryl, it's not easy to write a book. I've done it. Uh, A lot of people have done it, of course, but it is not easy. A lot of people say to me, oh, that had to be a lot of fun, and it was, but it's not easy. Uh, You've got stats in here from every season. You've got, you've got, uh, you know, every season as far as the schedule and results. So, uh, how shocked were you how not easy (laughs) it is to write a book with this one? Uh,
1: That is correct. Um, It, you know, a friend of mine, again, when we would go camping, she deserves a lot of credit. actually, Linda Waller is a, a good friend of mine, and we you know her her family and our family, and you know we have a couple other friends that that go on this camping trip. And you know we again, we all kind of learned about them at the same time. And I had written two other books. i was I, I authored another book back in two thousand and seventeen on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, And then I was a co-author on a a book uh, back in 2020 in the first part of the pandemic, kind of talking about what life might look like after the pandemic. But um, I was toying with the idea of of writing another one, and she's the one that actually said, you know what somebody ought to write? Somebody ought to write a book about that football team up in (laughs) Catawissa. She's like, I'm not even necessarily a football fan, but I would be interested in that. Mm -hmm. So. That's where it started. And, you know, you are right. It, it, it was two years in the making, um, tons of interviews. Um, fortunately, going back to Mr. Ulikney, he had actually compiled a stat book that um, I believe had come from, you know, some of the conference um, reports for, you know, game reports and things like that. So they had compiled a, a stat book from 1962 up until 1991. And he forwarded me a copy of that book and said, hey, use whatever you you can use out of it. So that was a tremendous help, um, especially for those early years. Um, But with that said, I still, I I think I went through just days and days and weeks of just going through, literally through microfiche, going back through old newspaper articles and game reports. And I, I literally have notebooks full of handwritten stats because I would take I would look at the box scores of every game I would write down who rushed or how many yards who scored all the touchdowns um and then compiled like season ending stats with things like that so yes it was quite involved I mean I enjoyed every minute of it it was frustrating at times there were times where there were some gaps in there mm-hmm. where I knew I was struggling to find some of the information and to be truthful some of the photographs that are in the book um, you know, when it came time to, to, you know, obviously you'd like to have some pictures in there. Um, it, it was difficult to find photos from back in the early, you know, those early days of the program. And one of the local newspapers up there was uh, the Daily Item newspaper out of Sunbury, Pennsylvania. I, I can't thank them enough. I mean, they, they were more than willing to allow me to use some of their archived, um, n- you know, newspaper photos. And that was a tremendous help in in having, you know, having some I think some of the players. I it would be neat to see you know some of the old photos of, of game days from back in the day. You know, page through the middle of the book and hey, there's there's a picture of me when I scored a touchdown back in 1976. You know. Yep. So um, you know, I, I that that was a huge help and, um, you know, the the school itself that you know some of the, the uh, they have a they have several people that that have over the years kept those kind of stats. And they, they've had the rosters because I, I, one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure, to the best of my ability, I tried to list every single player who has ever put on a uniform for the Tigers. Um, I, I've listed rosters for every season, and I wanted everyone who's ever played or coached there to get recognition because I, they all deserve it. Yeah. Um, whether you played on a team that didn't win any games or you played on a state championship team, I felt like they all deserve to have that honor being mentioned in the book. I'm sure over sixty some years, I've I inadvertently missed somebody. I I haven't been told that yet, but I, I you know if that happens, I'll <laughs> you feel terrible, you but.
0: will you will be, man, <laughs> and I know you will feel terrible too. But yeah, right. people aren't afraid to point things out anymore. <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> but, but um, you know they they've been wonderful. I mean they 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 helped me out with rosters. You know Dave uh, Bagley from Southern Columbia is a teacher there. Um, he had compiled a bunch of stats and he he forwarded me a bunch of the rosters for you know. Especially the years that I didn't have them. So they, they, they just, the, the community and the school itself have just been tremendous in, in assisting with this project.
0: Yeah, it's great. Uh, the One of the photos that caught my eye, of, of course, is maybe uh, their most famous uh, player that went on to the NFL, Henry Hynoski. I saw a picture of him in there. And and I, I also um, thought, as soon as you said microfiche, uh, everybody beneath the age of, I'm not sure, beneath the age of maybe maybe 40, I don't know, probably went running to the, uh, the dictionary to understand. Right. Or, well, they Googled it. They didn't go to a dictionary. They Googled, what the heck is microfiche? But I know what that is. I've used it. New Newspapers.com does a great job nowadays. I use a lot of that for, sure for my research, but uh, it's 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 great. The book is great, Merrill. Great job, uh, Roaring Tigers: The History of Southern Columbia Football. Uh, because you are and and were when you started a, an outsider. I don't think you're an outsider anymore. But um, what what was one or you know one story that kind of caught your uh, caught your attention? You're like, wow, that's that's really really cool. Because I've always you know when I'm researching things, you know, I think I know it all, and then all of a sudden I realize, realize i'm not even close to knowing it all did you have anything that was like wow that's that's very very cool and my my readers are going to enjoy this
1: well i'll, I'll be honest with you um again when i took the took on this project you know I, I i kind of felt like you know well i'm just going to talk about you know the history of the program talk about the games that they've won and it, it not that it's I wouldn't say cool, but there was, there were several things that have happened. That, that, that team has overcome some, some tremendous tragedies over the course of its, um, of its existence. You know, all the way back, I, they had a player that, that um, had recently graduated in the summer of 72 when hurricane Agnes had struck the Pennsylvania area. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a family that was um, trapped in their home and, this gentleman was, was uh, one of a, a group of nine people that went there to try to rescue them. And he got washed away mm. in a Creek there and, and drown. Um, and if you go to Tiger stadium, there's actually at the base of the um, flagpole uh, at the stadium, there's a, a big plaque in honor of him that his teammates, the following homecoming in October of, of that year had posted there. But They also had a a situation back in 2004 where they were at a football camp at Bloomsburg University and in between uh, sessions, you know, several members of the team decided to go to a swimming hole and two of the players had jumped in and they immediately got caught in some uh, current that were there and two of their teammates jumped in to try to save them and two of the boys drowned um, in, in, it was just, horrific and tragic and um, ESPN actually had done a little mini documentary about that um, at the time and that year um, I mean it was just a tremendous blow to the entire community Um, I I, I felt so it was hard to write about um, the some of these things and um, I, I wanted to do it in a respectful manner but those were things that you couldn't you couldn't ignore it it's a part of their history and you know, I felt it would have been disrespectful to actually to not put that in there. But the team that fall, um, because both of those players would have been starters on defense, they decided that they would take the field for their first defensive series with only nine players on the first Uh-oh. play mm-hmm. and honored them the entire season, even in the state championship. game, They did that. They went undefeated that year. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, recently they had a player that, that had tragically kind of he had taken his own life. And, you know, he was a very popular player. And, uh, the, you know, several of his friends and teammates from there, they, every game they took the field with a flag, with his helmet, with his number on. And um, it, it had a slogan at the bottom that I believe his parents had come up with. It said, stop and think, your story's not over. Hmm. And they painted the pole in suicide prevention colors. Um, and I I know the state title game that year um, the last play, their last offensive play. they took the field with only ten players, left the spot empty where he would have been. And then they gave the game ball to his uh, to his family then. So those those were some of the things that really struck me um, that that I, you know, again, it was difficult to write about, but the the community and and the team itself are just resilient. They've overcome those things. You know, it's an unfortunate part of their history. Um, and those are things that I had not anticipated when I first started. That, in fact, that two thousand and fourteen. I think I believe there's six players from that that team that have have passed away before the age of thirty. So they've they've had some tremendous tragedies over the years that they've had to overcome. It, but they, you know, again, I, I I wanted to make sure I addressed that in an appropriate and respectful manner. I hope that I did so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like it, it couldn't be ignored. I mean, those those were things that. You know, the team, um, responded to that, um, and, and they, they've just, they've just been tremendous, the community and the team itself.
0: Yeah, it's a community um, football program. There's no no doubt about that. And uh, you know, along the way, they picked up a whole lot of wins. As I, I said, you know, uh, three straight small schools national championships at high school football America. I'm talking with Merrill Schaefer. He wrote the book "Roaring Tigers: The History of Southern Columbia Football in Pennsylvania." Um, they they are staying at two A this year. They they were going to go up, but they appealed and they're staying down. So that makes some people happy. Some people not so happy. That's the way of uh, the the. Fans Fans of Pennsylvania football are at this point, Um, and and Meryl, just you know, just kind of as we go away here, I I, I noticed that uh, you you are not a writer, meaning uh, that's not your full time job. (laughs) as when i as when i wrote as i wrote you to uh get get this interview set up you're like well jeff i've got a daytime job and i i, I see in your biography that you're you're in law enforcement and and thank you for for that but uh how, how difficult does that make it when it i know you said it was two years but it it it's not easy when you know you gotta do something to you know keep the lights on right and put food on the table and all that right <laughs>
1: I think it was more difficult for my daughter and my wife, actually, because every waking moment when I had spare time, I was kind of locked in the bedroom with the laptop and, you know, <laughs> so I think they, they were getting, you know, once, once you know, I, I was re- the publisher was kind of getting back to me and, and kind of saying, hey, when are we going to have this out? I think they were hoping to have it out in the fall, and yeah I think my wife was kind of saying, You know when are I going to wrap this up i I'd like to be able to do something on the weekend here, so yeah
0: <laughs> you've <laughs> got your life that. back <laughs> Right. <laughs> but it real quick, just
1: going back to you know i, I remember Andy Ulickney when you now I will say this was you know as you said some cool things um Andy Ulickney had told me when I interviewed him, please don't you know even though they might not have been as successful on this field, don't look past the coaches that came before me and my goodness he was right um they had they had player uh, coaches there that had gone on one was like a a director of nfl scouting for um the seattle seahawks he he was scouted for the indianapolis colts uh, um worked for the new orleans saints um they had another one joe sarah that uh he was he coached for in 15 bowl games with Joe Paterno's staff at Penn State. Won a national championship in 1986. Um and then worked as a graduate assistant. And I don't know if you remember when Adam Califero mm-hmm. from Penn State had that that terrible, tra- you know, injury to his spinal cord. He was actually named um the team's liaison to Califero and his family, and he was really instrumental in in his recovery and rehabilitation from that injury. So you know they've had other coaches that have have gone on. They were all American players. Whenever they they played themselves in college, um, one went on to play professionally. I had never even heard of this league. He played in the all. I'm sorry the the Atlantic City Senators and was in the Atlantic Coast Football League back in 1960. You know, I've never heard of that day. either. I've never <laughs> even heard of that. But you know, he played professionally there. Um, so yeah, and. You know, it's funny that I think the continuity of the coaching staff is one of the biggest things with, with Southern. And I think that's a big key to their success. And Jim Roth, when I interviewed him, he said, you know, that is certainly probably one of the biggest things is, you know, the, the Peewee program is running the same plays as the offense in as the varsity team. So by the time those kids get to the, to, to, you know, the high school team, they've been running this place since they were in sixth grade and the coaching staff, um, I think most of those coaches have been there in the neighborhood of 20 years because Jim Roth, I believe he just completed his 38th season there. He's not even the longest tenure coach. Andy Mills has been there a year longer than his defensive coordinator. See, he's been there for 39 years. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's just amazing. You know, I I do think they certainly have had the horses and have had great athletes there. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, the continuity of the coaching staff and the longevity of, of that program, I think that's, you know, I know, you know, Jim has said that that is one of the things he's the most proud of is longevity of the program that they've been successful for a long period of time. But, you know, it, it, again, they've had magnificent athletes there, no doubt about it, but that coaching staff, I, I think the continuity of that coaching staff goes a long way in terms of the success that they have had. I think this year, you know, again, I know a lot of people, you know, they should move up the triple A. They've already, they only have about a hundred kids in a class and, I think this past season, if I am not mistaken, they had 38 kids on the roster. I'm not; even, they didn't even have 40 kids. Yeah. Um, and you see the same same family names generation after generation. And it's just an amazing area, amazing program, amazing school, just fascinated by it.
0: No doubt about that. You've done a good job to capture it. Uh, Merrill Schaefer has written the book uh, Roaring Tigers. That's what we've been talking about. It's the history of Southern Columbia football, three-time small school's national champ at High School Football America, uh, uh, put out by Sunbury Press, and uh, now time to uh, promote it a little bit here. Uh, Merrill, how, how do people get the book if they've listened to this? Say, I'd love to pick this up and read it. It is,
1: as you said, it's available on Amazon. It is available on at um, at, at the publisher's website. Um, <laughs> as, as, if anybody who's listening, I'm actually doing another book signing. I had one earlier in the fall, doing a book signing at Pretty Petals and Gifts by Susan next uh, Saturday from 10 to 1. Um, they... They have a tremendous amount of Southern Columbia apparel and, and merchandise there and they've asked me to come back to do another book signing there and that's in Paxinus, sinus Pennsylvania so near Southern Columbia so um, I would love to maybe we'll work on a volume too I told yeah you know, I put on my Facebook page that you know, some of the players come share some more stories with me. I'll take notes, and we'll start working on volume two here because they want another title this year. So the book's already a little bit outdated because I have to update it with that. So,
0: <laughs> yes, you do, and they probably will have a few more as the years roll by. Here, uh, great job, Merrill, on this book, uh, Merrill Schaefer. It's Roaring Tigers: The History of Southern Columbia Football. If you're listening on Apple uh, Podcast or on uh, iHeart Radio, um, iHeart Podcast, you will uh, be able to go to High School Football in America.com. I'll put up the the link to uh, how to buy the book um, on Amazon and, and the Sunbury press link uh, great job Merrill like I said I, I I know this is not easy you did a great job uh, it, it, and, and and as you said you know being some guy who had to come in from the outside that's not always the easiest thing I I remember when I went into Texas to write my book on, on Texas high school football they're like what's this Pennsylvania know about Texas high school football but if you do it the right way they end up loving you and 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 you've done a Great job with it. So congratulations and 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 much success.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it.
0: And that's today's High School Football America podcast brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability. It has faster speed than Huddle's sideline. Plus, GameStrat has great customer service with great plans priced right for every coach's budget. And five more days remaining. That's all you have to take advantage of really steep discounts to get a demo. Go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. That's today's High School Football America podcast. And I'm Jeff Fisher.